All right, so chapter three of Point Man, How Man Can Lead His Family by Steve Farrar. This is an excellent chapter. This book, this chapter talks about, um, okay, so it starts out with, it says, the hand that means to make another clean must not make, must not itself be dirty. So it talks about how real men do not commit adultery. And what we have um, talked about um, in the society today is we're almost as if uh, it's okay. We've actually uh, narrowed it down or softened the word down to the word affair. I know people have heard that he he committed an affair. They don't. We don't say he committed adultery. We don't even say that no more. However, it is what it is. Sin is sin is sin. It doesn't matter how you look at it. You can soften up the word or the terminology, but if you uh, have did it, did it. And so uh, this chapter says that uh, uh, real men don't have affairs because real men are responsible. Real men keep their commitments, even when their personal needs are not being met, the way that they would hope. Even when they are disappointed in their wives for some reason, that is precisely the time when they need to be on guard more than ever. It says an affair, the word that that we like to use in society, an affair is actually an escape from reality or a search for meaning outside the, the marriage. So this chapter is about real men don't. Real men don't actually step outside the, the confines and the bounds of their marriage. Real men are going to be faithful, loving husbands and fathers. They're not going to be um, looking outside of that, even when things are going not so good in their marriage. They're gonna they're gonna stay stay within the confines of marriage and be able to work it out. Well. I know a lot of men will say, well, you just don't know my situation. You know, it's just going, you know, it's my my wife hasn't, uh, we haven't been active sexually in two years. Um, we don't talk to each other. We sleep in separate beds. Uh, I'd rather be away from the house. I'd rather be at the bar drinking rather than go home. You know, there are a lot of different situations going on within a marriage, but if you said I do, and if there is no biblical reason for y'all getting under the divorce, then you need to stay in that thing and work it out. That's what I'll definitely say about that. The uh, the word of God says um, about Ephesians 5 and 15, it says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. So me and we are actually always going to be tempted we're always going to have temptation that comes our way, but you have to be—you have to be mindful that you need to live wise instead of being unwise in your decisions. And um, the the uh, the things that we kind of come across when you know you are uh, kind of flirting, or let's say you're married and you have somebody at your job that you call your—this is very very prevalent today too. We call people our work wives and our work husbands and our work girlfriends and our work boyfriends. 
Well, that's <clears throat> that's the the reason why they do that is because you spend a majority of your time with somebody else of the opposite sex, so you drawn to being uh, attracted to this person, but you know it's only on a work time time schedule. Like you're only gonna see them from eight to five every day. Well, that's dangerous. That's dangerous even playing with that title of having a work girlfriend or a work spouse. You know, you got to actually get that out of your mindset. Because what if, <clears throat> what if your your husband or your wife have come up to your job and um, they see you, they see you um, are courting somebody else while you are in a relationship, a, a definite. Um, covenant between you and God and that that's that woman what if that woman sees you that's that's not a good thing and you can only hide things for so long which is what this chapter talks about like if you are <clears throat> involved with another person you can't hide that for too long if somebody else is in um and interested in what you are what you have and you know, in, in your needs and your desires, your wants, and you are doing vice versa, or you see you see whatever they're giving you is what you're lacking at home, then you are you're on the <laughs> you are flirting with danger right there because you're actually possibly gonna do something that you know you're not supposed to be doing. And so the chapter just kind of gives an example of you know, a, a relationship can be sexual long before it becomes erotic. And um, it talks about even in Proverbs chapter 7, where it gives the example of where a woman <clears throat> can lead you astray with their words. They can seduce you with smooth talk. And all at once, you'll follow her like an ox going to a slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver. Like a bird darting into a snare, like little knowing that it'll cost you your life. And so this is not nothing to be playing with. When you're in a marriage, you are a real man. You do not step outside the confines of that. It's tempting to do so when you're not getting everything you want from your wife or things are not so good and somebody else is entertaining the thought that they can actually fulfill that void. But you need to work on that thing. It's, it could be something that you you need to work on. It might not even be your wife. It might be something you need to identify that you need to work on, because you can't you can't control how somebody else is gonna treat you. You can't control how how somebody else is gonna do things with you or or, or give you or whatever. But you can control being a better man. You can control that. You can work on yourself constantly. And you can make attempts to better a relationship. Now, one thing you can't do is you can't take back your uh, decisions after you have made them. If you have decided to entertain another woman by giving them uh, flowers (laughs) and you're not married to them, but you're married, you have a wife at home. Or you've entertained a woman by saying, hey, let's go out to eat. And you are always finding yourself either in a private setting or a casual environment, laid back. That's dangerous. So don't, man, don't get yourself in in any kind of heat or trouble doing stuff like that. So listen to what this chapter says. 
Um, you know, basically, it says, we are in the greatest danger of all when we think we are safe. When a guy begins to think that this could never happen to him, then he needs to think again. If you think that you cannot fall into sexual temptation, and you, you won't sleep with another woman, and uh, you've seen somebody else do it, and you're like, I would never do that. Then that's when actually you are at... You are actually speaking it on your life. When you say it would never happen to you, you are in danger of that happening to you. The power of words are powerful. You're speaking it into existence. So you have to be careful what you're saying so that you can be careful for it not to happen to you. And one thing I'll definitely uh, add on to this is if you remain faithful, God will honor you. And your, your, your misery can be replaced by joy as you remain faithful and trust God to honor your faithfulness. Each divorce is the death of a small civilization. So every time you, um, you think about somebody um, getting a divorce, it's almost kind of like a death. Let me repeat that. Every time a divorce happens, and if a divorce has happened in your life, just understand that hey, it's happened. It takes time to heal, and that's the more that's the most important part. Make sure you give yourself time to heal before you even try to entertain the thought of getting into a new relationship. And so, man, a death is like a—I mean, a divorce is like a death to a small civilization. Not only does it affect you and the, and the wife, it affects the whole family. It affects you know everybody. Because you are, you and y'all have created children. Those children have aunties and uncles on both sides of the family. So there's vibes, there's connections, and so the the, the uh, this this chapter of real men don't is a very rich chapter. I really don't have time to really go into detail on every little thing. That's why you need to get the book. Um, but this chapter uh, it kind of ends with just saying. Uh, the example of uh, some old football guys. You got Joe Namath. He was very popular quarterback during the 1960s with the New York Jets. And then you got this guy named Roger Staubach. He was a uh, quarterback with the Dallas Cowboys back then. And there was a guy that interviewed um, Roger Staubach, and they asked him, they said, Roger, how do you feel when you compare yourself with Joe Namath? who is so sexually active and has different women on his arm every time we see him. And um, he said calmly in response, I'm surely, I'm sure I'm ex, I'm sure I'm as success. He says, I'm sure I'm over here tongue-tied. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sure I'm as sexually active as Joe. The difference is that all of mine is with one woman. Wow. So real men don't commit adultery. A real man sticks with one woman, period. Until death do you all part. So I hope that this blessed you. Make sure you share this podcast with somebody that is a man. Uh, either they are a father, a father figure, a soon-to-be father, a young man aspiring one day to be a husband and a father. And uh, I hope that this blessed you.
point, man. This book is amazing. Next chapter uh, or the next episode that we'll be talking about is a one woman kind of man. Chapter four. Let's go.